Of the 195 total number of countries in the world, only 42 country nationals are required to get their visa into Mozambique before they travel. And the UK, which has the eighth most powerful passport in the world, is the only country in the Western world where citizens are required to obtain a visa before travel. My name is Dr. Asha Sefanit Wadasi. And like many people of African descent, I used to live in the UK, but I always had a dream which developed into a plan to move to an African country of my dreams. After traveling around several African countries on the African continent, I finally settled on Malawi, a small country the size of the UK, which is in the east side of the African continent. And I love it here. My podcast is about my life in Malawi, how I got here, how I'm managing to stay here, and some of the interesting things I get up to during my daily life. I also focus on helping you to break through with your own best life plans for living in your own hot country of your dreams or just having the life you want. I also look at your money freedoms, your job freedoms and many other things that can help you to get that best life. So stick with me as I take you through the Living Your Best Life in Africa experience. It's going to be a blast. Greetings. You're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast and this is episode 169. How are you all? Me? I'm a little sad and disappointed because if you've been following my movements, you will know that I was supposed to be travelling to Mozambique in the middle of July to attend a conference which I was also expected to chair. However, this didn't happen. In sharing the story of what happened, perhaps it's best to start at the beginning of the history between the UK and Mozambique. Generally, Mozambique and the UK share a very good diplomatic relationship since the carving up of Africa, which sees Mozambique, which was owned by Portugal, and Malawi, where I live, which was owned by the British, having to share land borders around all the arguments that came with how Africa was carved up. But since the carving up of Africa and the flag independence which has been given to African countries like Mozambique and Malawi, this hearts and flowers relationship that you will read all about in documents about the relationships between Mozambique and Portugal and the UK is not borne out in the ease with which you can get a visa to travel to Mozambique if you are a UK citizen. Case in point is that of the 195 total number of countries in the world, only 42 country nationals are required to get their visa into Mozambique before they travel. And the UK which has the eighth most powerful passport in the world, is the only country in the Western world where citizens are required to obtain a visa before travel. 
The enormity of this situation is like saying that Africans in the UK are not entitled to oxygen without their local council's consent, which would be a real problem. I mean, if this was the case, we would wonder how anyone could have come to that decision. Well, this is how I feel about the current situation about the UK, a G8 country with power, privilege and an economy to match, with the eighth most powerful passport in the world, one of the eight biggest global countries in the world, cannot get a visa on arrival to travel to Mozambique. But 153 other countries in the world can obtain a visa at the Mozambique border or on arrival at Maputo airport. And I can find no explanation for this. And where there is no explanation, that tells me that it's historical. All the literature that I have researched shows no issue between Britain and Mozambique or Britain and Portugal, which, like I said earlier, Portugal being the colonial rulers of Mozambique. And neither can I find any issue between Mozambique and Portugal that would explain why travellers from the UK should be treated differently to any other traveller from the Western world. It is simply inexplicable to me. And this isn't the only difference I found. When trying to get a visa to enter Mozambique, the 42 countries on the exclusion list, of which Britain is one of them, also cannot apply for a visa online before travelling to Mozambique unless you are travelling by land through another African country or you are travelling by sea and intend to pick up your visa via one of the several Mozambican ports. And that is an almost impossible feat of travel since most vessels that sail into Mozambique ports don't set sail from the UK. I mean, this is enormous and I have no explanation for why things are this way. Now, I need a visa to get into Mozambique so I can attend the conference and chair the conference. This conference has been four years in the planning. So I then thought about trying to get a visa to travel to Mozambique from Malawi by land. Great idea, I thought, since Malawi borders Mozambique and there are good relations between both countries to the extent that citizens of both countries can pass into both countries without a visa. However, that didn't work because to get the visa at a land border, I had to be able to identify the land border that I would pick up my visa from. Simple, you might think. But the problem with this is that travelling to Mozambique by bus is only possible from big cities in Malawi. And not all of those big cities are close to Salima, where I live. And not all of the buses pass through the border crossings that allow me to pick up a visa. This particular type of visa, in other words, picking up a visa from a land border, is therefore best for people who are travelling by car and not the ordinary Malawian Western passport holding person like me, 
who feels she has no choice but to get a land visa to make her journey to Maputo, which would have taken no less than 32 hours to complete. So taking this decision wasn't an easy choice, but I needn't have bothered because the difficulty in getting a land visa soon ruled this out. So no land visa for me. I then looked at getting an e-visa, which is an online visa application which provides you with an entry visa which you apply for before you travel. To get this visa, I thought I could travel by plane into Maputo Airport, which is the main airport for the country of Mozambique. Hooray, I thought. I must be able to get my visa this way. But no, I was wrong. Because when applying for the e-visa using the online application, UK citizens are not permitted to apply for a visa and pick it up at Maputo Airport. 153 out of 195 countries are allowed to do this, including all the so-called Great Western countries and all the white countries in Europe. But UK citizens are the only big Western nation with the sixth largest economy in the world and the eighth most powerful passport the only citizens who are not permitted to get their visa in this way. And I can find no explanation for why the UK is the only country whose citizens are treated this way. Now, ordinarily, I'd be celebrating this because I'd be saying, yeah, if it's difficult for anyone to get into an African country, great. But I never expected that myself, an African descent person, would also be caught up in these regulations. I then tried to apply for my visa through the Mozambican consulate, like the embassy, in Malawi. However, I ran out of time trying to see if I could do this, mainly because all of the proof documents required when applying from the UK seemed to change when applying from Malawi. Case in point... When applying from the UK, I'm expected to provide proof of my income to demonstrate that I can support myself and my costs whilst in Mozambique, which is no problem, right? However, for some strange reason, when I tried to apply from Malawi, I was told that before my application would even be looked at, my hosts would need to provide bank statements that evidence to the consulate that they my host had enough money in their bank accounts to cover all my costs, including repatriation costs, if I were in need of medical evacuation or any other form of emergency evacuation from Mozambique. So in effect, we are talking about my hosts needing to have thousands of dollars on Metcals, which is the Mozambican currency. But whatever tens of thousands of monies in the bank to evidence to the consulate that they would be able to financially support me. I mean, come on. My hosts are ordinary, hard-working people. I'm not going to Mozambique to get married where this level of financial scrutiny would have been understandable and needed. Nah, 
I'm going to Mozambique for an eight-day stay with ordinary local people who would never have the opportunity to demonstrate this level of income because they're not politicians or rich business people. They are all farmers and tradespeople and ordinary people like me. Friends. So although I had all the documents that would have allowed me to apply for a visa at the consulate, at the very last minute, after checking my documents, I was told that I would not be able to get my visa without providing the required proof of income from my hosts before the consulate would even look at my application. Well, there was no way my hosts could meet these financial evidential demands unless they had many years of notice of my coming and together with their organisations, they pulled every piece of money they had for that four-year period and went without food, rent, clothing and all other personal and family business costs to pull that money and deposit it into an account which could then be used to provide proof to the consular. I mean, it was simply unachievable. And when I saw this unachievable rule being made up on the spot, I then began to think that this was about preventing me from getting into Mozambique. When trying to ask the consulate about why the sudden change from me providing my financial means to my hosts now having to provide their financial means, I received no reply and I was just told that this is the way it is and I can either comply or go away. So I had to go away. Despite having evidence of my own financial income in three months worth of bank statements, which could easily prove that I could take care of myself and my costs whilst in Mozambique, and also having travel insurance, which provided for emergency evacuation and all other types of emergencies whilst in Mozambique. I just had to go away. The only other thing I could have done was to change my status as someone visiting friends and instead go as a tourist with no links to anyone bit like a holiday. The problem with this route is that I would have been required to book and pay for my accommodation in a Mozambican hotel before I obtained my visa. Now, if I was booking a beach holiday, that would be different. You know that the British book their beach holidays almost six months to a year in advance and also enter the visa system at the same time if this is required and booking so far in advance leaves them lots of time to go through the various processes and to gather their accommodation documents and any other documents they might need to support their visa application. Simple for them, right? But very difficult for me because I'm not a traditional tourist who is going to Mozambique for a beach holiday. I'm going there to attend a conference. The cost of accommodation per night, which was open for me to book so that I could satisfy this requirement, started at upwards of $100 per night, which at the very minimum would have cost me $800 to book and pay for the accommodation, 
with a total cost of about 900 to a thousand pounds by the time I got through my bank to buy the dollars at the bank's rate of exchange and then ask the bank to deposit the dollars into the account of the hotel. And I would have to do all of this without any guarantee that I would get my visa to travel to Mozambique. And if, as is the case of what eventually happened, and I didn't get my visa, how am I going to get to Mozambique to get to the hotel to get a refund of my hotel fee? How was I going to be able to do that? The whole episode was a sorry state of affairs when all I was trying to do was to travel from one African country to another African country. And as a UK citizen with no rights to enter Mozambique, like the citizens of the other 153 countries in the world, this was a problem. It was truly disappointing that after six weeks of trying to get a visa that takes three to ten working days to arrive, I spent 30 working days trying to get a visa and did not succeed. Of course, my hosts were devastated and as they wrote to me, their hearts were broken because my attendance at the conference was to be a diplomatic coup for them and would have raised the status of women and businesses in the city of Maputo. But it was not to be. So what have I learned from this sorry state of affairs? Well, I now know that if I'm travelling to Mozambique, I need to begin applying for my visa months in advance and not weeks in advance, despite the statement of three to ten days to get the visa. What's clear to me is that unless you belong to a big company or you're a holiday maker going through a reputable tour guide, this three to ten day time limit is not for you. I found that these time periods can't be true and now know that you can waste tons of time just trying to navigate around the different visa options and trying to find an option with criteria you can meet, especially when you have failed with a different set of criteria. The other thing I have learned is that it is better for me if I apply for the visa whilst in the UK by going directly to the Mozambican consulate, which is just outside King's Cross in London, where I should then be able to make my application in person check the requirements in person, pay for the visa in person and provide all the required documents that they ask me to provide, which I have a feeling would be different to what I was asked to provide online and to the documents I was asked to provide by the consulate in Malawi. And the final thing that I have learned is to not believe anything I read on various websites purporting to be websites of the Mozambican consulate. For me, the information was either inaccurate or the people administering the visa process were not up to date with the information from their own country or the information on other websites belonging to their country. Because although I met all the documentary conditions as stated on the main website, I found myself having to jump through other sets of criteria which seemed to be made up 
especially for me or someone like me. Have I been put off from trying to travel to Mozambique again? The answer was yes at first. I was hurt and upset at the clowning that had gone on to prevent me from being able to travel. But after a couple of days to calm down, I kind of accepted that if it was meant to be for me to be in Mozambique, I would have been there. And that sometimes we have to be saved from fate cycles that are not meant for us at particular moments in time. This is how I rationalised the whole sorry episode to myself. So now I have kind of set myself a challenge to visit Mozambique just to prove that I can get there and to prove to myself that getting that visa is not impossible. Testing and difficult and uncertain, yes, but impossible, no. When I'll try to do this again, well, I haven't decided because my travel schedule is kind of already decided right up until July 2024. But I will aim to find time to fit in that visit and I will travel to Mozambique just to set the record straight. If you've got your own travel stories you would like to share, let me know. I would love to feature you on the podcast so other people can learn from you and your experiences. Until then, don't be put off from trying to make things work because even if your dreams fail and break into a thousand pieces, you can still pick up one of those pieces and start the journey and the climb all over again. Until the next episode, instead of looking down, continue to look up to the sky so you can vision where you are going to fly. You've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asher and for this week, I'm 